0: Of the tape for this our main event of the evening we introduce the champion chris the west side strangler brennan let's get it all all right guys we're back from bellator 282 gonna go over the the predictions that i had on the on the fight kind of talk about the week uh at bellator and and kind of talk about all the fights and you know and and how they went. i i got all of them but one, All right? of them but one. And, uh, and we'll go over that when we get there. And
1: I kind of thought the one that you missed was, that was like the sure thing, you you would have thought. Yeah. yeah. But I, that's, why, that's why they do I the fights. I think everyone missed that one. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. First fight to go over then, Kat Zingano, Pam Sorensen. Um, man, it, it was lopsided from the beginning kind yeah of. and and i thought it you know i i picked her to win you um did. and i
0: may have even said decision i'm not sure how i picked her to win but i knew that she had a wrestling background and i i, I know i said that she was getting older and then we went back and looked and and pam wasn't too far behind no
1: they were just a couple years different. yeah
0: and uh and she is what is she 37
1: uh, i think she was about ready to turn 40 so i think she's 39 right now
0: cat yeah, okay. let me
1: let me double check And then Pam Sorensen I think was 37. Yeah, she turns actually Ju- July 1st so tomorrow. I guess when this comes out and she'll already be days. 40. Um so
0: I met her right what where were we? On the way to the fight. No, I met her we were we we're sitting doing something but I introduced myself to her because I came up through the Gracie Academy yep. with her husband, Mauricio Zingano, yep. and, but I never met her before. And I kind of wanted to – I have a lot of pictures of me and him, and I just kind of was like, hey, you know, and she knew who I was from from him. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> I just told her, I said I'd, I'd send her some pictures if she wanted. I got some cool pictures of him and whatnot. But uh, she, she has improved – like, I guess I, she wrestled in college. And she shot right away, got a takedown right away, put the girl on her back, put her against the fence, and was kind of beating her up uh, the entire fight. Got takedowns at will. Um, Didn't really get hit too much. Um, I know after the fight, her knees were pretty – jet. so so both of her knees were tore up from the canvas. Yep. But one knee was swollen and injured. I don't know what happened to that knee. Yeah, I think it was
1: her left because her trainers were having to prop her up at the decision. Yeah, and
0: I spoke to her wrestling coach um, or, or her friend that's wrestling coach. Um, and she said that the, all of it happened from the mat. So really? yeah, I don't know if she hit it on the mat or whatever okay. and it was just, it was hard or whatever, but her, her knee was, was super swollen after the mat and just like mat burn all over. Today, yeah. they're like scabs, <laughs> so I was like, wow.
1: Now you walked in that mat and you've been on your fair share of mats. Did that, did that floor feel any different? So I, we never got in this cage. Um, we've gotten in it probably every time
0: leading up to this and their canvas isn't a canvas. The UFC's is the canvas. Pour so you can pour water in, and water goes through. Yeah, and and that's why you see some guys spit on the mat with water because when it gets wet, your feet stick a little bit better. Okay, um, their canvas isn't like that, but it's very grippy. And uh, so in the UFC, they paint the the logos on the canvas mm-hmm. of the sponsors. Okay, if you're on your back on that stuff, it is rough. Like where the where the writing is, yeah, is where the where it's the roughest. <clears throat> Bellator's I don't remember being as rough as that, so I was I was surprised when I saw her knees like so, that because Luke's Luke's you know, yeah, uh, been on top all the time and and he had a decision with Andrew Salas and a in a TKO second round with um, Will Smith and he's I don't think he's ever had uh, anything on his knees, so it was it was super weird to see uh, how bad her knees got just from that.
1: Wow. I, I heard in the scorecard afterwards, um, and I want to get the numbers here, Kat Zingano outlanded out Pam Sorensen 184 to 23. 184 in three rounds, that in and of itself feels like a pretty high count. I
0: mean, that's what's gonna happen if one person's on top the whole time and one yeah. person's on bottom. It's gonna be lopsided strikes, for one. Um, and and she was, she was dominant. She, she dominated position. Um, Pam defended fairly well off her back. You know, she was doing stuff. It wasn't a super, super exciting fight. No. Um, but she she out-wrestled her and beat her up. Obviously, she landed, you know, 180-something strikes, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: Big John, during the broadcast, was talking about how Zinganu kept uh, – I'm sorry, no, Sorensen put her in a figure four and just kind of kept her there. And he's like, why isn't she pushing her back? You're almost – Conceding right now that you are being controlled, and that's where it's going to go. What are your if thoughts If you're on, on that?
0: bottom and you triangle your legs over their body, yeah, you are not doing anything. Yep, you are trying to hopefully the ref will stand us up, you okay. know that type of thing. But you're trying to make it as boring as possible. You have to open your legs and start attacking. Get on your hips and start pushing. Feet back. on the hips, butterfly like yep. something. But if you just if you if you triangle your legs, you know unless you have a Something locked up at that time, like AJ McKee when he did that, what he calls it a McKeeatine or something. When he when he did that thing to <laughs> to Darian Caldwell, he had a body triangle and that crank going at the same time. Oh. that was perfect. Yeah, but if yeah. you're just on your back with a body triangle, you're not trying anything. You're just yeah. trying to trying to hopefully get a stand up.
1: It was great to see Cat get the win. Um, I was they... happy
0: to see that. I, I guess she now gets to fight Cyborg. That's your that's your win I, bonus. Yeah, your win I...
1: bonus is Cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> it does not sound like fun. Um, Pam Sorensen obviously is going to drop. She was cut up pretty good. I wanted to talk about the illegal knee. Uh, there was an illegal knee. I don't know that there was much. I don't know if you, if you caught it. It was during the first round. It, it was, again, it, I don't, that's, I've seen. So we were in the back at that point, but there's a TV back there. Okay.
0: And we with no sound. Uh, okay. So we were trying to figure out, because we weren't watching, watching. Okay. But we saw something happen, looked over, and we were watching a, a bit of an argument go on and they restarted, but they took a point from her, right? They did. And, and she still won the fight. They Yep. That's right. <clears throat> so, uh,
1: and she almost, it was I really they close. Took a point
0: from her. I remember her. doing it now. There was
1: an illegal knee. And then in the third round, I mean, I mean, it was, it was this close to getting another one. I think that the hand had literally like hand up bang. I mean, it was just like super, super close to getting another uh. illegal knee. Um, is it just that you're caught up in it and you're just not noticing what's happening? I, I think people try to time it, you know. So their rule there, uh, so
0: you guys can't see the ground, so I'll just use my arm as the ground. Their rule there is if their hand is down like this, that yep. is not a downed opponent. They don't let you play the game. Your hand has to be flat, flat. on the ground ah. or flat on a fist. Okay. But if you're on your fingers and yep. you're like that, you can yep. knee in the head. They said I wouldn't risk timing that, but that is the rule. If you're if they're pointing on their fingers, You can knee them in the head. Got it. If their hand is flat or they're on the – because they're trying to discourage people from doing it. Yeah. And in my opinion, it should be both hands. Both hands should be down. That way you're literally trying to be on the ground and not trying to get up and play the game. Hands down, can't touch, you know, whatever. But uh, it's a – I mean, we know my opinion. My opinion is you should be able to throw knees to the head.
1: Regardless. But if you're going to do the the rule, do the rule. what. Okay. Right. Um, I've seen – I've seen fighters like you've seen uh, John Jones come out where he's got that weird spider thing and he's got one hand on the ground. <laughs> Vitor Belfort about
0: kicked his head into the crowd when he did that, but he got up right in time. He he walks out kind of like yeah, a, a yeah. Panther or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't want to stay there when you get close. Yeah,
1: to I suspect. Um, anything else on this one? No.
0: It was, you know, it was a... Uh, she, she beat her. She beat her up. It was just not... Not super exciting. Not a super Gaster. exciting
1: fight. Yeah, Man, they, they, I don't know if you've actually seen the replay, but uh, one of them said it looked like uh, an extra from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, Because, I mean, she was just bleeding all down, and Pam Sorensen was just bleeding all over. So, um, yeah, she looked like an extra from a horror movie. <laughs> uh, Brent Primus and Alexander Shibley. Great. Sub. Exciting fight, man! I'm pretty sure I talked about Brent's size before.
0: He's giant. He's the guy when when uh, me and Luke started talking about doing 155. Yeah, I sent Lucas yes. pictures of him. I That's like, right. Like, are you this, sure? This is what 155 looks like. <laughs> Same height. Yeah. So giant. Yeah. The night before the cut day, Brent comes in our in our locker rooms. First time I saw him all week, he comes in our locker room. And, uh, he, he's, we shared, you know, the red corner, locker room, blue corner. He was in the red corner. He walks in. I was looking at him like, dang, he's big. And I said, Hey, I said, what do you weigh right now? 170. And I was like, I'm trying to 55. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, you got a ways to go. He then trained, did a hard session and lost five pounds. And then the, the cut cut was the next day. And, uh, I I was just like, you know, what's the plan? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not 170. It was 175. Uh, He was 20 pounds over. 20 pounds. And and he trained and lost five pounds. And he had 15 to go. Okay. And I was like, what's the plan? He was going to wake up and have breakfast. And then I was like, you have breakfast on cut day? (laughs) (laughs) And, And he wakes up and has breakfast. And then, you know, he said, what he ended up doing was he took a bath, a long, super, super hot bath. And lost, I want to say he said six or seven pounds. In a then, bath? And then did it again later that afternoon. That's all he did and he was done. And I was like, what? How does that work? I mean, you sweat for sure. Um, there, you can Epsom salt bath. You can use that green uh, rubbing alcohol. The green alcohol okay. will, will draw the, the, the moisture s- the wa- water out of you. But uh, he said he didn't put anything in the water. He said he just was in a hot bath. I was like, all right. And I, I don't think he was bullshitting because he didn't have any reason to. You know, I was just like... Huh. I was like, what would you have in the water? He goes, nothing. Just the hot water. He goes, it was really hot. I was like, clearly. Holy crap. That so he is, made weight. That is insane. When I watched him make weight, he, he, him and Lucas were sitting by each other because they were fighting. Uh, we were right after him. Yep. And Lucas was, said he was sitting in the back like this and could barely hold his head up. He, his, he, was so, he looked, said he looked terrible. <clears throat> but then he came back the next night, giant again so big shoulders and arms are just so big and and at 510 you know he's luke's height yeah only 10 pounds
1: yeah
0: you know i I was like he said he walks around
1: 195 195 200 and he's cutting down 50 pounds almost 45 pounds wow that's insane fight was good fight first round was was back and forth um shabley caught him in the second round dropped him and then jumped on top of him
0: yeah i was that was considered a knockout i believe
1: uh, I think they Oh yeah It was considered yeah, a knockout You're right Yeah he, You're right.
0: he got I don't know that the punches Afterwards mattered The the one that knocked him out Was, was uh, the hard shot I, I was watching from the back And you know The red corner <clears throat> Wasn't doing well Yeah And you know People are They get in their head like uh, Everyone's lost so far In our corner You know Or, or I don't think everyone had But, but a good amount had And uh, You know Watching him get knocked out it was right before us. We were we were just walking out when yeah. that happened. I was like, "That sucks," you know. <laughs> and but I I did I did pick Shabley to win he that did. fight. Yeah, um, and he looked good. Man, his record is good. Right, twenty three
1: like, and three. Yeah,
0: like that that that's a savage record. And what was premise eleven and two?
1: Yeah, he it was so yeah so now he's eleven and three and Shab so Shabley went into this twenty two and three. Shabley okay. went into this twenty two. Yeah. 3
0: Yeah. Um, like i said it's hard to bet against those guys you know anybody from over there is going to be a hard fight yeah where's he from
1: it it just says russia i don't know where but it just says russia
0: i'm not sure where either because he was he was the only one not in our corner um all the other ones were in our corner so i didn't get to see who who he was with but um regardless he's he's a really good fighter tough guy
1: 23 and 3 you would think has has he fought do you know if he's fought for any belts yet i mean at with that kind of record I'm, he's sure, he, I'm sure he
0: fought belts for belts elsewhere okay but uh, I don't know I don't think he's been in Bellator that long
1: gotcha okay okay alright next fight this was uh, this was the highlight of the <laughs> night for me for sure My uh, my house my house went crazy and it was awesome we were out in the backyard we were doing stuff I'd watched a couple fights we left Came back in and, and my son's like, Luke's about ready to fight. Luke's about ready to fight. So we walked in and my wife, I walked downstairs. And my wife's like, already again? I'm like, yeah, it was quick.
0: It, uh, so all week long, everything was smooth. I mean, everything was just, the weight cut was good. The, the training sessions were good. Everything was just flowed really well all week long. Um, I sent you a picture. Johnny and, and Lucas were on the treadmill yeah. together, side by side. Yeah. Luke on the left, Johnny on the right. The next night, Luke went down to do cardio. I came down. Johnny was on the right. Luke was on the left. Or the, swapped. They were on the treadmill to get next to each other again. And I uh, just kind of nodded and whatever. And, and he was nice. You know, they, they kind of made a comment about the temperature of the gym and whatnot. And then the weigh-in came, and he was, like, super intense. You know, he was – he was hand up, cutting yeah. the throat, yeah. you know. And I don't know if he was nervous and, and was just kind of trying to fire himself up or trying to sell it a little more um, because then, again, fight night, he was cool. After the fight, we saw him walking around Mohegan, super cool, you know. Um, we'll get to that. In the fight, the fight took place, man. Uh, we, we got to warm up. Luke was was ready to go, and when he got in the cage, I I looked across. Man, I, I get the I get feelings. Okay. Ever since they were wrestling, and I could say, this is not the guy that's going to beat you. I can okay. tell, this is going to be a hard one. Okay. Or this is this guy's not going to beat you. Like, okay. And I got that feeling. I looked across the cage, and I was just like, not, I saw his
1: waist. Yeah. And I said, once Lucas gets his hands around his waist, it, it's a wrap. Not, is it can you put your finger on what it is that, that leads you to that? Is it their mannerisms? Is it their build? Are you sizing them up? Can can you put a finger on it? No, I don't know what it is.
0: It's just a feeling because there's been short buff guys, tall, skinny guys. Yeah. You know, there's been all sorts of different uh, different guys that, that he's fought or that they've wrestled against, you know, or competed in jiu-jitsu against. And I just I get like a, a instant calm feeling we're like oh we're good we're good we're good and, and I got that you know, right before while we're still I'm standing there holding the banner yeah and they're introducing Luke and he's pacing back and forth and and uh I got that feeling I said hey this ain't the guy you know I said have fun I said I love you and and we climbed down and and went to it
1: so the next time Luke is in the ring and you get that you got to do something to the camera so that everybody on the podcast is like, oh, Chris knows we got this Uh-oh. one in the back. You know, you either got to be like, mm, you know, or just, you know, be like, yeah, we got this. So, so I
0: told him every other fight, I was like, go out, play a little bit on the feet, you know, throw a kick, throw some punches a little right. bit, and then, and then clinch it. In the back, after the weigh-ins and, and how aggressive he was, in the back, I was like, hey, he may come out real aggressive, you know. And, and if you go to touch gloves, he may be the guy that that doesn't, you yeah. know, and, and throws. Yeah. I said, so be smart. You know, there's no need in this fight. I just got a weird feeling. I said, there's no need to stand there and throw with him. I know, I know your striking's getting really good. I know you want to see it. You know, Josh Thompson. I'll get into that in a little bit as well. Okay. Um, but they want to see him. You know, some of the people want to see him strike. But he's been hit four times in seven fights in Bellator.
1: Four punches. Four significant because he got two. Technically, I mean, he got two. Sort of but in the clinch, yeah, If you yeah, want yeah. to count so it, if you want to say six and
0: seven punches, six and seven fights. Yeah. But but he's not even been hit clean. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's like, well, you know, what if, what if, what if, bro? He gets hit clean in training. You know, he gets hit clean at Glory. He gets sure. hit clean from Bryce and TJ. Sure. You know, he, he's been hit plenty, but there's no need to get hit in your fight. Why risk it? Yeah. Right? Like. Lucas fights for a flat fee, but a lot of people fight for a win-loss bonus. Like, Here's what you get to show. Okay. Here's what you get to win. Okay. You lose, you don't get half your purse. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you go bump and you get bumped down. you know. And, and so I was just talking to somebody downstairs. For example, in the UFC, I'll, I'll just use three numbers hypothetically. Let's say you fight for 10, 10, 20, 20, 30, 30. That's your three-fight contract. Okay. okay. It's smaller than that. It's usually 10 and 10, 13, 13. It goes up like that. Okay. But we'll do use 10, 20, 30. If I fight for 10 and 10 and I win, I go to twenty twenty. If I fight twenty twenty, and I lose, my next fight is still at twenty twenty. Okay. I don't advance. Yep. Unless I win. Yep. Otherwise, I'm staying at 10 and 10, 10 and 10, 10 and 10. So, the, 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 the point of fighting is, number one, to win. Right? Your plan is to win. Yep. Two, take as little damage as possible. You know, give damage, whatever, but take as little damage right. as possible. So... He's 7-0, and been hit that many times. Well, I want to see this. Well, I'm sure you do. I'm sure people would like to see people shoot on Damian Maia and Jacare as well, but they don't because right. their jujitsu jitsu is ridiculous, right? So the the fact that I've discussed this before, we have this much distance between us in a fight. If I can close this distance, now the fight's mine. If I stay out here, it's 50-50. Yep. You might even be a better striker than me, but I hit harder, I can still knock you out. Sure. Like, I'm convinced we'll get to it, but I'm convinced Musashi's a better striker than Johnny Eblin. Johnny Eblin landed all the hard punches. Yeah. You know, so it's just, if there's no reason to risk it, then, I mean, a win is a win, and we're moving on, and we're moving on. And yep. and in between each fight, his striking is getting better and better and better. So when the time comes when he has to strike or or we decide to strike, it's going to be... On the level you know what i mean yeah and and uh he's been doing it so much and, and it, it is it's very good now um but but i just you know there's no point if the guy throws a left hook and misses luke chops his calf one kick and his coach says and i'm watching I'm like, hey he's loading up the right hand he's loading up the right hand and his coach says throw the right throw the right and he started to sit on his back foot rock and luke just single leg up to a body lock do we drilled at glory, we drilled it here. We drilled it everywhere. Single leg up to a body lock against a fence, hump, the fence. Home dump. This is the exact same scenario that yep. we drilled over and over and over again. So Johnny Soto, uh he was ready. He did. He, as short as that fight was, he did everything right. He got taken down, used an underhook, swept to come up on top. Luke obviously wasn't going to get swept, so he got, comes back to the feet on a front headlock. Knees him a couple times. Yep. I said his head's coming out, and right as his head starts to come out, Luke level changes right to a shot. Mm-hmm. From the shot, he inside trips, yep. takes him down again. Two takedowns in 90 seconds. He starts to pass the guard, and Johnny starts to turn away. Luke ducks his head in to a body lock that we play with all the time, and as he goes to Whizzer, shucks him by, and now he's behind him.
1: Once he's behind him, I was like, you know. You've talked about this before. There are points in a uh, there are are moments in fights where you see where it's going, and you kind of just you just kind of sit back and you're like, okay. So, it, you,
0: you this is that. the first time I've done that twice. This is the <laughs> first time in in, in what how what, how many fights does he have? 10, Seven, ten. 10 oh, as ten. Counting yeah, his yeah. amateur fights, so. Yep. He, he's got 10 fights, 10 and 0. This is the first guy that's gotten back to his feet one time yep. from a takedown. So I was like, all right. And I sat back and then all of a sudden they went back to the feet. And I was sitting back up again. I was like, eh, and then he got it again. I was like, all right, <laughs> all right. All right. And, and then once he got behind him, I was like, you know, he, he's not. Uh, but he got behind him. He stood up, tripoded, was shaking Luke off. He almost ended up with yeah. Luke on bottom. Yeah. And, and I was like, don't lose it. I said, get the, catch the wrist, catch the wrist. And he caught the wrist, worked his way back up, body triangle, you know, and, and uh, Lucas went for a Suloff stretch, which is something that uh, it, it's from that from that tripod position when the guy's standing with his head down. Luke was punching underneath, and then went to grab his leg, and the guy sat down on his leg, defended it, and I was like, okay, you know, he he's he's prepared, and and it was cool to see, but then again, at three and a half minutes, I think three thirty-four. 344. 344. He he finishes the choke, you know, in, in the first round. Neck crank, yeah, slash it, choke. It, that a looked, combo. That looked ugly, painful. Man. It was like an exercise. <laughs> but I I was just like, huh, it's over, you know, and and I know each guy gets tougher and tougher. And like I said, this guy beat Weber Alameda, who was five and zero oh in Bellator. He lost a split decision to. Aldi Benjelani, who I thought he won that fight. Yep. Um, he's a very good fighter. To be honest, I'd like to see him fight Ben Lugo, the last guy we fought. Those two together would be a good fight. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, this poor guy, Bellator, posts the, the fight, and the comment section, everyone's talking trash on him and, and oh. bad-mouthing him. So I actually chimed in and, and stood up for him and uh, was like, hey, you know, like you, you would literally crap your pants when you got to the cage door if this was you. You know what yeah, I mean? right, Like right. Th- This guy's beaten eight guys. Yeah. You know, he was 4-0 as an amateur, 4-2 as a pro. He's beaten eight guys, lost to two, now three. Yep. All good guys. Yep. You know, I was like, so just because Luke makes someone look bad, you know, or makes it look easy, doesn't mean the guy's not good. You know, yeah. same goes with Ben Lugo. Ben Lugo and, and uh, Natan Levy had an amazing fight. Natan's in the UFC now winning. And uh, he's just got a style. And a fight IQ that's brighter than most, you know. And, and I said in my post after the fight, if you think back, what was dominant in UFC 1 and dominant in UFC 2 and, and and UFC 4 and whatnot? Jiu-Jitsu, right? That's how that's how Hoist was running through guys. Yes, yes. Okay? So you take Jiu-Jitsu and you add wrestling to that, okay? And what happened was MMA has become a style. Right, yep. everyone fights the exact same, besides a couple strikes different here and there. The game plan is the same: strike, strike, strike. If you get a takedown, get back to your feet quick. If you get taken down, otherwise get a takedown. You know, to win the round, get a takedown to win the round, not to sub them, not to, not to. You know, and that's how everyone fights. So, if you combo the two most dominant things in the sport together, like I said a second ago, if you want to touch me, yeah, you got to get close enough to touch me. And Which I, means I can touch you, yep. and now I can grab you. Yep. So if you have someone like Luke with a, a, a very bright, high fight IQ that can time the distance very well, and he and he like plays with that a lot, uh, you know, he, he was able to shoot and get a single without getting touched, you know, body lock sense without getting touched. Yep. And he'll get to guys where it's going to be harder, and where he's going to set it up a little more with strikes. But this guy's I like, hate. Right before we walked out, I was like, don't play. Don't even play on the feet. Kick him, you know, distance kick. Uh, we talked about something that he's done a lot in most of his fights. I said, don't start with that just in case they've paid attention to what you normally do. Right. And, and he changed it up and just made it simple. And, um, again, once he got to
1: the ground, it was a wrap. 7-0 and oh now. Um right afterwards i think it was big john that was saying you can't you can't ignore this kid anymore yeah um, and, and by the way i don't know if you've watched it big john was extremely complimentary at the very beginning of the fight um i he the, the i think call him a magician um, that uh, was moro Ronaldo. was it yeah moro's the guy who com-
0: commentated my first pride yes, fight yeah. was his first mma fight
1: the, the jiu jitsu magician
0: i think yeah, is what he called, Yeah he called he said he's a, this guy's the jiu jitsu magician yes and uh And then John went on to talk about Luke and me and whatever. And uh, super complimentary of Luke. Super complimentary. You know, they they like him a lot. Bellator likes him a lot. He's a good kid. He's easy to deal with. I'm easy to deal with. I probably messaged them a little too often because I I got home and I was like, hey, what's going on in November? You know, I'm I'm looking for fight two or or the next fight. So, uh, but I I just, you know, we want to stay busy and uh, uh, just kind of, continue to grow with them and, and uh, move along, you know, just want to keep keep progressing, keep progressing and and keep getting a tougher guy, a tougher guy, and a tougher guy until, you know, the goal is to get through this contract, there's four fights left on this contract. And then the plan is to start cracking the top 10 guys, you know, at that point, start getting more contracted guys more, you know, and, and start working our way through that. And and kinda like A. J. McKee, by the time our third contract is up, it should be somewhere around the belt, you know. If everything goes well, by the time the third contract's ending, that should be somewhere in the top couple guys in the division.
1: He fought deep in this prelim card. He was only one fight away from the, the, the prelim main event. So is the prelim in-
0: what happened was this is a this is a it's a little confusing. It was flattering and uh at the same time. Okay. Brent Primus was the prelim main event. Lucas, on, I don't know if it was fight day or the day before. Oh, it was the day before because I was sitting on the treadmill and Jane texted me and said, Where are you at? And I said, In the gym. And she was right outside the door. So she comes in and sits down. She goes, So you guys are the swing bout. So what that means was if they said if three fights go the distance, we're going to be pushed till after the main card. So we wouldn't have fought till 11:30, 11:15 at night, and that his first two Bellator's were that, but then he's won four more since then. So I'm thinking we got to be done with that by now. Right. And she comes in and says, uh, "You and and uh, Dan Morritt are the are the swing bouts. So if three fights go the distance, you won't get on. Well, three fights had gone the distance, but there was also a couple of first round smokers. Yep. You know. Yep. And uh, I was looking at the clock and I said, "Hey, we're gonna get on, and we're at, we're a at fight." Six, okay, and we were nine. Yep. And I said, six is going, seven standing there ready to walk out. There's premise. We got an hour and a half left before eight thirty. Yeah. You know they're they're gonna get us on. Yeah. You know. Uh. And and so we got up and and started warming up, and um. So it ended up making us the the co-main to the undercard, but we also could have been after the main card. So gotcha. it's it's cool. Puts us in a great position where the the bigger crowd is in the stands. Yeah, sure, for sure. Um, but at the same time, uh, and it could be used for us in a positive way from Bellator as well. Like if he's right after the main event, the crowd's there. You know, they know there's more fights. Everyone's going to get to see Luke.
1: Do they stick around for those after after yeah, the if, big main card? Do yeah, people yeah. Stick around
0: if as long as they say that we have two more fights. You know, yes, um, because everyone wants to see the fights. You know, yeah. period and uh so so it was we were super glad that we got on okay not only did we get on dan morick got on as well yep so no one had to fight afterwards so that was really cool we were stoked about that
1: one of the things that i was thinking about during this is you and you've touched on it a little bit but during the fight itself so he was fight number nine i think is what you said talk us through most people on the other side of the camera and for me for sure i've i've never been on that side of it where you're waiting and like what is it like for for fighters if you're the ninth fight and the first fight is going on what are you guys doing what does that look like
0: so bellator does something and i'm not sure if the ufc might do it now or not but bellator does something that most promotions don't and so since we're fight nine our our check time our our come downstairs at the hotel time was 6:15. okay so by the time we got to the arena three fights had already happened oh wow okay so we didn't have to get there at four o'clock yeah and sit until you know eight o'clock um we we got to get there at six fifteen. we got we got there at six thirty, and uh they'd already had three fights gone on and I asked and all three of them had finished you know and then they had a couple of decisions and and uh whatnot but um so we didn't have to wait quite as long we actually it actually his last two kind of got uh in a hurry okay. it kind of happened real fast yeah and uh, he got i think he got one warm-up in you usually do like one an hour before and then another one like 15 minutes before but we got one warm-up in and uh he was good asked me want to go again he said, i'm good i'm good and uh, it, it was cool because we we didn't have to sit around we didn't have to to you know lay down and and a lot of times he'll take a nap you know and then have to get up and, and warm up again and uh, who who can fall asleep on fight I night? Just, I,
1: I was just thinking, like, how do you sit there? You know that you're about to step in a cage, and you're gonna take a nap beforehand. yes yeah.
0: And and uh, I, I I was glad it got going. You know, I, I know that not enough people gave this guy credit. I did. You know, I, I I wanted to be ready. I wanted to be sharp. That's why, in the middle of his camp, he was just running through everybody here. You know, uh, there was not... He, he wasn't getting pushed. Yeah. You know, he was training hard, but he wasn't getting pushed. And I had, like, a panic attack. I'm like, hey, we need to get out of here. We need to get <laughs> out of here right now. And and on one week's notice, we packed our bags and went to Glory and trained for a week with James Krause. And uh, it was awesome. You know, and, and we kind of talked about it. There was, you know, 10 a.m. every day, 50 yes. guys on the mat. Yes, 20 of them in the UFC. Yep. You know, it was just a, a savage room, but it was exactly what he needed. He needed to get pushed. Um, he got pushed, he did really well, you know, with, with great guys, but he, he needed it. He awesome. needed to, to not win every second of every round. And, um, and it was, you know, it was great. We're going back for the next camp, you know, probably half the camp, probably a good six weeks of the camp. And, uh, but I don't even know what got me started on that. Just I asked
1: you about kind of sitting around, uh, yeah. what you do beforehand. I don't know. Oh, but yeah,
0: I, I just knew the guy was tough. You okay, know, yeah, I, I took him seriously from the beginning. And, and also because when I, when I was talking, when we were, we were kind of getting the fight locked in, they said, hold on, let me ask him. And in a minute and a half, they came back and said, they're in. And I was like, okay, okay. He took that fast without thinking about <laughs> it. So either he'll fight anybody, or he's watched Luke fight before and yeah. thinks he could beat him, yeah. you know? So he just said yes right away. So I was like, okay, he, he's ready to go, and uh, we need to be ready. And I didn't want to be—I didn't want to be uh, unprepared or, or taking someone lightly, you sure. know. So we went, and and moving forward, we'll most likely do that uh, until, you know, I have a another fight team tryout or something, and, and end up with a lot more fighters in here.
1: You talked about how the two fighters, Luke and Johnny, were like on a treadmill next to each other, and you, you did send me that picture. Did that mess with him did it mess with you like was that is that normal i mean not I'm trying to think of the other
0: uh yeah so not normal for us because okay. every time we fought for them we've had separate everything um in at mohegan sun we were in we were in uh the COVID bubble for the for his three fights before this one yep so on one whole side, we had treadmill, bike, and a couple treadmills, bikes, whatever. On their side, they had the same thing. Then everyone had their own locker rooms with their own mats, personal mats. Here was the red corner, and this other room at the hotel was the blue corner, and in the middle was the bike, the treadmill, the weights, the that room.
1: It was a, sh- it was a, it was a shared, shared cardio room. It was room. the
0: regular gym at a hotel. Got it. It just had a sign on the door that said, it's closed to the public, it's only open for us. But us meant red and blue. So yeah, we were we were in there uh, with him twice, two, having two different times, and uh, I was like, well, you know, it is what it is. He was cool, you know. Uh, we expected after watching his last weigh in, he was kind of like he was in ours, but a little a little worse, a little more aggressive. Okay. And so we were prepared for him to be that way, and you know, Luke is Luke. He he was like trying not to smirk while he was standing there when when he was getting that way because he's just a funny kid, you know. What right. I mean? Right. And. Uh, didn't didn't take it serious because like I always say hey guess what tomorrow night we are fight no matter how you act right now yeah you still, still gotta fight, fight yeah you still gotta fight me so. yeah uh,
1: I noticed yeah uh, in Bellator all of the the fighters gloves are exactly the same they're blue gloves and red gloves but they're exactly the same does Bellator issue those gloves to the fighters yeah uh on fight night they don't fight. give them to us.
0: They, they give them to us when we show up to the arena and get inside our locker room. Then they bring us the bucket, the ice bag, and the gloves. Okay. And uh, there's red cor- red gloves or red corner, blue gloves yep. or blue corner. If you noticed this week, there was guys fighting in the white gloves. I did notice that. The white that. gloves are sick. Lucas got a pair. But uh, the white gloves, they're running in the tournaments, all the million dollar Grand Prix. Okay. The, the fighters are wearing white gloves. And they're pretty cool
1: so he gets to take those home obviously so do you guys do anything with them? do you put his red gloves yeah
0: uh no he has seven pair of red gloves now i think we've signed one for a sponsor and gave them to him cool um and and other than that he just they they don't last long okay in training the velcro comes apart after a while um you know but uh yeah they're, they're 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 cool gloves back in the day we used to get our gloves I think we used to use our own gloves, but even yeah. like a key of the Cage, that would give us our gloves the day before. I'd park my truck on them and just smash them and smash them down. We'd fold them, twist them, yeah. park my car on them, smash them down and get them to where they're... Because otherwise they're really tight when they're brand new, yeah. they're not worked in or anything. Yeah. And then you can feel it a little bit more. But now they're like, they're <laughs> on top of that shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Make it a little bit thinner so those yeah. knuckles are a little sharper. That's hilarious. That's uh, awesome. I'm super excited for Luke. Uh, he's seven to zero. You've already talked about maybe looking for something in November. I'm sure there's a lot to be discussed and, and a lot to figure out. But you're you're hoping to get one more fight in 22.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get a fight either uh,
1: October November. Okay. Um,
0: maybe in Arizona again. Okay.
1: Um, which would be cool.
0: Um, and you know, back back real quick to to my Josh Thompson comment. I said I'd get to yes um, before the fight. We we ran into him at dinner. And uh, we're going to see a little more striking out of you. And I'm like, you know, I, I know you would like to see him strike some, <laughs> you know, and-, and John McCarthy is there. Why? Why would you know why? Right. I mean, he's so dominant here. Right. And then today I'm driving home. I, I drove back from Connecticut and I drove 16 hours. Uh, first of all, the whole entire crew got on their flights and the fighters and Luke's flight was there was a big fiasco on fight night. So his fight got pushed to the following day. So he didn't get to fly out till Sunday morning. So I stayed with him, and uh, we hung out and, and went to Mohegan and stuff and hung out with some of my friends, Scott and Sean, and them flew to, to Connecticut to watch cool. his fight. So we all went out to lunch and stuff, and then uh, I dropped him off at the airport on Sunday morning, and I drove 16 hours to Memphis, and then I drove seven today, stopped in Little Rock and had breakfast with Tyler, and then made it home. But uh, in the meantime, I'm listening to John and Josh's podcast, and they're, they're talking about it. And first thing, Josh, like, I, I, I want to see more striking out of him, you know? And, and John's like, no, no, no. <laughs> why? You know, why would you? And and for sure, like, it, I, I know it's
1: everyone would like to see it, it right? It's the more entertaining fight, sure. especially from the layman's perspective. You want to sure. see two people throw down and. But guess what? Stop
0: him from doing what he's doing. Yeah. And he'll have to strike with you, you yeah. know? And if you can't stop him, why, why is he going to strike with you? Why? Why is he gonna risk it? You know, when uh, when he can, there's a 99% chance he's gonna win right here. Yeah. You know, so I, I just, I, you know, I appreciate. I, I know Josh likes him. I know Josh likes me. We're we're super cool. Um, he just, as a as a fan of the sport and a commentator. Yeah. He wants to be able to commentate the striking. Yeah. Right. But Cody Law was six and zero. Lucas was six and zero. They were both coming up. Which at 12-0, 13-0 would have been a cool fight. Yeah. Or, or still could be, but they're both undefeated. Cody Law comes out, and this guy's a D2. I want to say he's a national champion. Uh, super stud wrestler. Comes out and strikes. He wants to dabble in the striking. He wants to play in the striking. Strikes, strikes, strikes. Doesn't wrestle till the third round. Tries to wrestle in the third round. Gets sprawled on. Gets beat up. And loses the fight. So the guy who decided to dabble in the striking is now 6-1. and one, And the guy who didn't is now 7-0. Yep. I just, uh, it's a, it's a uh, fighting with a smart, a high IQ fight IQ. You know, he, Josh is smart. He talks about people fighting with fight IQ. That's a, that's a fight IQ. That's Absolutely. a high fight IQ. Yeah. Not getting punched in the face A fight IQ, yeah. a high one, you know? So he, 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 doesn't, he's not a boring fighter. He's exciting on the ground. It's not like he's laying praying. Once he gets to the ground, he's exciting. So it just needs, you know, he, he needs the, uh, get excited about that because that's what he's good at.
1: You mentioned in an earlier podcast that when you're standing up, anybody can land a lucky punch.
0: 100%.
1: But when you're on the ground, you don't get lucky. You don't get lucky submitting somebody. People would
0: like to see Hoist strike more, but instead he was a three-time UFC champion. People would like to see Matt Hughes strike more, but instead he's a nine-time UFC champion. People would like to see GSP strike more, GSP, hard jab, hard jab, hard jab, leg kick, wrestle, 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 wrestle. Yep. And I don't know how many times champion he is, but it's a lot. It's more than Matt. Yep. So, so you know, Khabib. you like to see Khabib strike more. But but why? Those are guys, nine, man. you know, Matt Hughes and then a, a, a newer version of Matt Hughes and then, like, uh, Damian Maya. Damian Maya is destroying guys on the ground, fell in love with his striking because he hurt somebody, and then got knocked out a bunch of times then yeah. went back to jiu-jitsu. So, so fighting where you're smart or where you're where you best is smart. It's not a, it's not a, you know. We don't. All right, let's go out and strike this round just to see what happens. You know, right. you know. We know what'll happen. It'll be a. It'll be a, a good fight. You know, it'll be a, a competitive fight. All right. It's the other guy would like to see him strike more because that's literally their only chance of beating him.
1: So, use a football analogy. When your team's in the Super Bowl, you want it to be a blowout. If your team's not in the Super Bowl, you want it to be a fun game, right? And so I think about it like it's your team. You want it to be a blowout. You're gonna win the best way you're gonna, you know, how to win, and that's gonna be every fight's Super Bowl. Every fight's Super Bowl. That's it right. is.
0: It's every fight's a. You lose a football game, you got another one in a couple of days, yeah, you know, or a week, whatever. I don't know how yeah. they do it, but a lot. Here it's not for four months, and you, you got to chew on that loss. Yeah, you the get time. put back here and have yeah. to start over again. You don't just. Yeah. Come back the next day and, and do it again. So, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're trying to build something. Absolutely. And, uh, it's building. It's building.
1: Move to the main card. Uh, yeah, were there
0: other fights on the card? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Right
1: there. We still got three fights to talk about, man. Uh, Mohamed, off and Enrique Barzola. Um, Man, you talked about the Russians and Magomed just looked – he looked awesome. Um, it was a competitive fight. I thought
0: fight. looked awesome, too. He's tough, man. Yeah, that he guy's is. to be tough he, for anybody. He seems like he, he. I didn't know who he was, like I said, until he fought Darren Caldwell, and then yeah. he beat him. And then I forgot who did he fight right before this? Let
1: me look and see. It was somebody um, – He beat
0: – oh, oh, uh, Nikita.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We he, just talked he about won that.
0: won a decision over Nikita. And, uh, yeah, he's good, man. And he's that fight – so we were in, we're in the, the red corner where the majority of the Russians were, and Magomed was warming up with uh, Timur, Timur, Timur something, someone else that's in the UFC. And these guys, every day, fought. They fought in the back. Yeah. He ate a shin kick with a shin pad on to the face, and I was like, <laughs> and then he was fine. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> But they, I mean, Lucas kept looking back at him like, what are they doing? Like, the do fights tonight, tomorrow. Yeah. And then in the, in the warm room, he fights tonight. What are they doing? But they just, they, they're nasty, man. And, and they train that way. They warm up that way. They drill that way. And uh, uh, Zabit was there also cornering? Yeah. And yeah, he, he's a he's a really cool guy. After the or before the fight, he looks at me and he says, coach, coach. And I go, yeah. He goes, man, you're a fighter? He looked like your son and i was like it is my son really <laughs> i was like yeah he goes ah so he starts talking to the other guys you know saying that he that he uh he is my son i was like yeah man i'm not just coaching him like he's he's my he's, he's my kid he's my kid and he's like oh that makes sense and i was like yeah they were all so cool man uh nikita luke was on the treadmill when he was drilling with uh tokov and uh he comes up to me and he goes he goes uh my friends my friends in Russia and he points to Lucas he goes respect respect and I was like right on right on. that's uh, so awesome and I was like really and I was like I told Luke and we're like hopefully they're they don't just respect you hopefully they're scared of you and they right. just don't ever want to fight you right <laughs> exactly man that's uh yeah. Barzilla talking about the Russians being so tough because at some point we're gonna have to fight one them. okay yeah, well right? this one's not as tough as yeah. the ones I keep talking about <laughs> this one's
1: not yeah. It went into round four. Um, I feel like it was pretty evenly matched all the way through. A lot of strikes. I mean, I remember a lot of wrestling, a lot
0: of position changes. They both took each other down a lot. Great striking too. I mean, it it was it was it was was an
1: entertaining fight. And I remember going going into round four because I started thinking about this. I'm like, how would I score this? And I was like, I I don't know how I would score this at all. And then round four, man, Um, there was it was a buck 27 into round four. The guillotine that he got on him.
0: So go back a couple rounds. Okay. He grabbed that exact same guillotine and jumped guard. Yeah. And his head popped out and he was on bottom. Yep. So as he's jumping for the guillotine, me and Luke are like, no, no, no. And he jumps And, and all of a sudden, Barzola rolls. If you roll over with a guillotine on, it's tight. Like he, he's okay. trying to, he's panicking, trying to get out. Yeah. You don't just give up position unless yeah. it's tight. Yeah. And he rolled over and he came up on top and he's, he's squeezing. I was like, and he tapped. I was like, oh my God. It's like he got it. <laughs> and uh, it's such a bummer for the guys in the tournament because it's one loss. Yeah. It's out. one and that done. A million dollars isn't a chance yeah, anymore. That's you know? right. It's like, I, I, I look at guys that are phenomenal in wrestling in college. That people talk about are gonna, you know, they may be a four-time champion, you know, they may go undefeated, you lose one match, and you're not the guy who was undefeated through college. One match, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, and uh, and you're not that guy anymore, yeah. And uh, it was it was as he as he turned over and sat up, I felt so bad for him. Like I wanted I wanted Magomed to win, but I felt so bad for him because instantly that's all gone. You know, you're you're back to your regular pay. You're yeah. not shooting for that million anymore. Yeah. You're starting over again from scratch, and, and it's just a, it is the it is the most brutal sport of of any other sport for for multiple reasons. Not just the fighting aspect of it, but, but the combat sports combat athletes deal with so much, like the stress leading up to it. Yeah. You're in the cage to fight a guy. You know what I mean? And
1: Well, and, and it's not just some, like, this is a guy who's trained and who understands how to fight. And he's been waiting 12 weeks to get in the cage to attack you. Right. Yeah, like, like these guys train on their own
0: to be killers. Then they get an opponent. And now they're putting all that together for a game plan with coaches to game plan to fight you. Yeah. So everything you do, they've been watching film on how to stop it. So the fact that Lucas sleeps the night before his fights and he gets green nights on his whoop it's amazing. I was like bro like <laughs> how you do that because you know it, it's a it's a just a, a stressful emotional painful the whole camp's painful physically yeah. painful yeah sure you know what I mean and and uh, you literally every time he walks in the cage and I'm standing there with the banner I'm just mind blown that he gets in the cage and does that in front of this crowd and fights. He's about to fight a guy yeah. and he fights him. He just wasn't a fighter, you know, growing up. So, so to see that happen, man, the, 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 and that's why it irritates me. The people that talk trash on yeah, the, you're on the not, internet, you're not
1: getting in that cage. Hell no. Like, I, not I, a chance, yeah. you
0: know? So people, I just wish they'd respect the fighters a lot more, even the the guy on the losing end yeah. that's even if fighting they, in a big organization. I'm, I mean, huh. I think
1: about the, the, Ben Askren and uh, um, Gamebred, Masvidal. Yeah, five second knockout, right? Yeah. And people just talk trash about Ben Askren, and he'll never live that but down. Twenty two or something, and oh, before that, I and and he got in the cage against Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, there are so many people that are looking at that. They'd be like, nope, not even, nope. Close that door. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay on this side. So. 100%. Um. So Magomedov moves along. He's 19 and two now. Uh, Barzola goes to 18 and six. I don't believe Magomedov's opponent has been decided yet. I think there's one more. They're
0: waiting. They were there. Patchy mix.
1: Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. It's Patchy mix. And then the other two that we'll talk about in a little bit. <laughs> so that's yeah. It's, Patchy yeah. was there. Super cool guy. He actually he actually complimented
0: Luke as he was walking by. Right Told on him his his uh. uh his jujitsu is sick or something like that. Then he comes over later and asks for a picture with him. Really? So he, yeah, so they took a picture wait, wait, together wait, wait. and he posted Patchy it. Apache
1: Mix asked for a picture with yes. Luke. Yes.
0: And then posts it and says uh, something about the submission. submission. Um, I forget what he called him, but super cool. He posted the picture and That's then Luke posted it. And, uh, but, yeah, he, he was super cool. He's huge. He was standing next to Lucas, and he made Lucas look little. He's a 35er. Jeez, and uh, he was looked taller and and good
1: size. We, we and so we'll, that's who he's fighting. Apache Mix and Magomed are fighting next. We'll we'll talk about the next fight in a little bit, but now we're down to the to the final four. Yep. And boy, you got you, you look at these fighters, and they're they're awesome. gonna be it's gonna be really exciting. It's gonna be real exciting. Let's move on to the next fight, Uh, Higo and Sabatello. You know, you talked about how much disdain you had for how Sabatello kind of works his craft. Um, So I I was
0: irritated because during the week, super cool to me and Luke.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: And I was like, I want to hate you, so don't be nice to me. He was being (laughs) nice. Yeah. And then we were standing outside an interview room while he was being interviewed. And what was he a, wearing
1: those stupid and
0: a bandana and a t-shirt that said Hego sucks and, and glasses that were like mirrored. Whatever. Yeah. One piece, one yeah. piece thing. And just going on and on F bomb, F bomb, F bomb, F bomb, just trash talking. Hego. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, I, I thought he'd win. I predicted had... him to win just yep. be- the way he did you know, actually the way he did decision. Yep. Um, super boring the crowd booed so bad that oh, yeah. he stands up and is flipping the crowd off yeah and then he says if you got something to say you think you can do it better get in here right now and the crowd erupted I mean it was crazy the crowd was going wild and then
1: uh ruffians gets in the cage
0: and he looks <laughs> like this he's like I'm gonna play off of this and he goes Something, something, you suck, you know, you're whatever he said. Yeah, yeah. That and fight sucked. I yeah, that what fight he said. sucked and, and Sabatello comes over flipping him off and gets in his yeah, face. Puts his puts his fist like up against his nose yeah. when he's
1: flipping him off.
0: And then he shoves him. Um that's a fight I don't see Sabatello winning. De- uh, 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 Stots Stotts is also a very high wrestler. Yeah. He's also a national champion. And he can strike. And he's more dynamic. What what Sabatello can do that most people
1: can't do is he can shoot from far away. I was telling Luke that before. I feel like I feel like Sabatello can shoot from eight feet. Yeah, and he get can you. shoot from far away and get there. And he's
0: fast. Uh huh. Um, but I don't think he has the game at all that that Ruffiano uh, Stotts has. So I'm interested wow. in, in I, seeing that fight.
1: This went all five rounds. It was a unanimous decision, forty-nine forty six. I think they gave the second yeah, they gave the second round to um, to Higo. He was on He was South on South his was back, back the whole yeah. time. Um, and I was I was I was optimistic. After round two, I'm like, Oh, Higo might be able to do this. I even yeah. texted you, I'm like, I hope you're wrong. I yeah, yeah I really <laughs> I really wanted Higo to win. I hoped I was wrong too. <laughs> um but yeah, it was it was great. So that final four is going to be good. Um, Stotts and Sabatello is going to be great. And then you said it was patchy Mix and Magomed Magomedov. Um, man, I can't. I hope they uh, they do those on the same night, right? That'll that'll happen on this in the same fight card. I
0: hope so. I hope so. I don't. I mean, yeah, they should. They should. And that's going
1: to be twelve weeks from now. I mean, are they got so. they got to keep great. grinding, be great right? Great if it was on our card whenever yeah. we come back. That'd yeah, be great. that yeah. would be that would be amazing. Um, Anything else on Sabatello and Higo? Nah. That brings us to the final fight of the night, and I know this is the one that you were most bummed about, uh, and that's Johnny Eblin and Gegard Mousasi. Um, I was really excited to watch this fight. It was a great, again, not having, for me, not having a lot in there was it was it was an interesting fight and. Round one, I was like, oh, I think I think Johnny won round one, and then round two, I was like, I think he round won round two. I said that too. And then round three, I'm like, I think he got, and it just kept going. And one of them, he
0: straight up knocked Musasi out first round. Fell on his head. Yes. And then he, as he jumped on him, he came up wrestling. Yep. And took him down, and yep. then bounced back up. But he was out for a second. Like, he face-planted.
1: It, w- it looked like a clean shot, and it was hard, but he didn't get him with his fist. It came over, and it was almost a forearm shot that, really? were, that what connected. It all wasn't, right. it wasn't fist. They show replay? It, yeah. Yeah, but it was a clean shot.
0: Yeah, um, and I was like, oh, it's not going to be good moving forward from here. I said, yeah. but he's been in wars with Dan Henderson, with other guys. Yeah, that's you know, Musassi. He's a guy. He'll be all right. Ebelin was the guy who hit harder. Okay. You know, uh, Musassi was landing some good stuff. But Eblin had more power in all the stuff he was throwing. I underestimated him. Um, I did say leading up to it that people told me that he wasn't when I thought he was the same as Austin Vanderfort, they they yeah. said he's not. He's yeah. better. Yeah. And and he was. Um, Very much so. Yeah. I, I thought he he wrestled when he needed to wrestle. And he was good at it. He I
1: used it well. I feel like he took down Musasi every round. Oh yeah. If 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 he didn't, it was close. But I feel like he he every round he got a takedown.
0: Yeah, I mean he just was securing rounds by doing that. He suplexed him at the end. I think there was 15 seconds left, and he suplexed him just yeah. for, just to do it. I, I still have energy. Boom, yeah. launch him at the end of 25 minutes. You know. Uh, so, props to him for winning that fight. I don't know what's next for Musasi now as the champ. Um, I don't know that... you got
1: to think that there's going to be... I wouldn't think it would take him much to get back just no, based it wouldn't. off of who he
0: is. Just, I don't know what he wants. You know, yeah. that was going to be win 50 for him. Yeah. Um, he's got 49... It's 49,
1: 8, and 2. So that my math says that's 59 fights. Yeah. I could see him... Getting one more. Trying to, you know, get that 50th. But I, I saw an interview with him, and he's like, yeah, 50's great, but, you know, then I'm going to go for 51. And, you know... Right. Um, I also heard I was watching some highlights just before this, and I also heard that Musasi cut 24 pounds. 24 hours before the fight, he the day before the fight or the day, weigh-ins, weigh-ins the day before weigh-ins, Musasi had to cut 24 pounds. I wonder why.
0: Which Boy, it was which so heavy? That sounds like what Brent Primus did.
1: And and my first thought is, can you can you do that? I mean, you
0: can, but you you feel it. You um. Feel it
1: and Luke sure. mentioned when Musasi walked out, he's like, oh, he didn't
0: look good. He didn't. I didn't think he looked good either. Um. He always looks super chill. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Messy hair. Looks yeah. like he just woke up. Little, yeah. But he didn't look good. But walking out out to the fight, I don't know. He he. Uh, I don't want to take. I don't want to say anything like that because I don't want to take any, anything away from Evelyn. Um, sure. He had a good fight. Yeah. He beat a legend. Hey, um, he earned that fight. I think he <laughs> absolutely. Did he fought. He fought smart. He fought. He game planned well, you know, or Mike Brown, whoever whoever was in his corner, ATT, game planned man. Well. Yeah, um, you know, I, and there's something to be said for game planning, not just going out and, and fighting. You know, if you if you've got something on your opponent, you've seen the way they fight, and you can game plan. It's
1: well, it was cool to see. I mean, I mean, Poirier was in his corner for that fight. Like it's yeah, cool so to see ATT same guys show
0: up. that were there. Remember my picture last time with Dustin Poirier, yes, um, Thiago Alves, and my, Matt Brown, Mike yeah, Brown, he, Mike Brown. Same three, same three in the corner again. And uh, they were in uh, Saba Hamasi's corner the in Phoenix. And they were in this corner again this time. And he got a brutal knockout this time. He's the one that got in the shoving match at the weigh-ins. And then did you see the official? Yeah, no, uh, I, I didn't. Oh, yeah, they got into it at the weigh-ins. Then it went behind the curtain. And Lucas said it continued back there. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> and uh, then Hamasi knocked him out bad.
1: It was it was an awesome night, man. Um What's next?
0: I think there's the UFC coming up this weekend. Uh, okay, we'll get on it at the end of the week. Okay, and um, other than that, that's it for now. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Thank you guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the the predictions. I was right on all of them but one. Not bad. Not bad at all. It is all over,
1: just like that.